special edition of the uh, MS Preps podcast today to talk about a coach getting fired. Not a high school coach, though. Not a high school coach, because that's exactly the conversation I think we all expected to be having on September 26th. But, of course, LSU fired Les Miles on Sunday, a decision that has reverberations into the state of Mississippi. So myself, Hugh Kellenberger, and Will Salmon, Clarion Ledger's high school sports and recruiting editor, are here to talk about it. Will, I kind of go through the list you know, of who LSU has committed. That's always the first thing that happens after uh, a firing happens is um, everybody looks and tries to take the temperature on everybody on the commit list, and what does it mean? Miles Brennan, Stains, excuse me, the St. Stanislaw quarterback, record-setting quarterback, and Sadiq Charles, the MRA offensive lineman, are the two high school kids from Mississippi that are currently committed to LSU. They also have Stephen Guidry from Heinz Community, the wide receiver, all three guys have had pursuits by the in-state schools. So uh, th- that's the immediate thing is what does it mean for these three guys? Definitely. And, you know, LSU has done a really good job with Mississippi this year. Some would argue a better job than the in-state schools because they have two dandy dozen players committed to their program. They do. Uh, with Miles Brennan, of course, and Sadiq Charles from MRA. Uh, you know, we'll start with Brennan, Brennan first. Uh, he's their... I would, I would say, I mean, I don't cover LSU recruiting per se, but I would say he's probably their most important commit just because of what he means for that program and the struggles that they've had at the quarterback position especially. Yes. What he could sort of provide, obviously what he could provide for that program in the future is a little bit different than what they've had, and it would sort of underscore some of their troubles and, and help them out in that area, of course. Big reason why. Les Miles is no longer there. Um, starting with him, I mean, I, uh, a tweet came out that he had since deleted yesterday saying, you know, if there was any questions about my commitment, contact my coach. So I was going to call St. Stanislaw coach anyway about it. Uh, I see that, like, right before I'm about to dial his phone, actually. It's kind of, kind of weird. And so I get on the phone with Bill, um, who I, I think is doing a really good job. And I, I wish more high school coaches actually did that, uh, where he takes over the conversation for the player. Yes. And I really do think that's a really good idea. Uh, you know, it's kind of, you know, Miles is one of the guys who actually doesn't need it. You know, I'm pretty confident he can handle his own. Really good speaker. Uh, really articulate for, for a teenager. Uh, but, you know, it's better to have that adult sort of handling it who has experienced things and knows kind of can anticipate some questions, field answers, um, and kind of, you know, just take that off the kid's shoulders while he's still a kid in high school. But anyway, uh, he, obviously the big question is, does it change at all? Because Miles, a big reason why Miles committed was because of head coach and the offensive coordinator. He made it a point to even tell people like me, I looked the guys right in the eyes and I said, I'm committed to them. I'm committed to them. I am not going anywhere else. I'm not entertaining any other any yes. other things. Of course, since then he had been after where he got the offer from Ole Miss that came after the commitment. Of course, um, but any interview that he ever gave at after that point was um, all in with all with LSU. Uh, that never changed, and according to San Stanislaw head coach, that still hasn't changed. Could change, of course, but it hasn't yet. After that conversation, I think it was late at night, Miles also sent out a tweet 
uh, reiterating the fact that he is still committed to LSU, which, you know, I was talking to some other people about it. Depending on who they hire, you know, that could work out to be a better thing than what they already had because, you know, Les was not exactly a quarterback whisperer, of course. Yeah. You know, and so what if they bring in somebody who actually has a really good history at quarterback, uh, at developing quarterbacks? That may be even a better look for somebody like Miles Brennan. The the question, and, and this is, I think you're hitting on this. Miles Brennan is potentially could be very helped by what happens with LSU and their coaching hire, but it could also force him into making another decision. Because what happens if LSU goes out and hires Tom Herman, who has really only coached true dual-threat guys? I mean, Greg Ward is his quarterback at Houston is having a great season. Greg Ward is a converted wide receiver. You know, Ohio State, it was Braxton Miller who's playing wide receiver in the NFL. JT uh, Barrett, was, you know, Cardell Jones. Cardell Jones was the most typical pocket guy of, of all of them but even you know he could run a little bit can miles brennan run that sort of offense i don't think so i think he's the kind of guy that you want running more of a we're gonna throw it 40 to 45 times a game a little bit more of a not pro style because there's no such thing as pro style anymore but the passing heavy offense but what it, you know if they go somebody like jimbo fisher i think it'd be a great move for miles brennan the other flip side of that is, of course, what happens if the coach comes in, doesn't like Miles Brennan? Yes. Doesn't like, you know, whoever the commits are. Right. That changes in it itself. The other part of it, too, the other kicker that hasn't really been discussed too much is that LSU also has a four-star dual-threat quarterback committed for 2017. And they have two with him and Miles. And so that's the other part of it that doesn't really get talked too much about or hasn't yet that I've seen at least is that they've always had these they, they've had I shouldn't say always they've had these two guys for a little while now. Right. And right. Miles was asked about that a couple of times after the commitment like hey you know they they have this guy too now and he oh you know he's just known for saying the right things um, not in a cliched sense but he's just he's just a bright kid and you know, his response, of course, was, you know, welcoming the idea of the competition, of course, and saying, well, you know, Les and, and Cam had had this set up for me, that this is going to be my role when I get here. Uh, they mapped it all out for me. This is part of the reason why I committed here. Um, so there's that aspect of it, too, that, you know, it's just a very, very interesting situation, especially in, I mean, obviously the recruiting situation is going to be interesting, but that position especially is, is interesting for a variety of reasons that we're touching on right now. Yeah, and one of the problems of LSU had been the quarterback play, obviously. They just they have not had good quarterback play for years now. I mean, even like Zach Menenberger wasn't great compared to what he could have been, um, maybe in a different office. And I think one of the problems that LSU had was that they would recruit dual-threat quarterbacks and then try to make them pro-style quarterbacks. And then they would recruit pro-style quarterbacks and not do anything with them. So... I, you know, I don't know what Les Miles and Cam Cameron's plan was. Were they really going to go down signing day, signing both of them? Um, were they just grabbing commitments and then going to figure it out later? Or what, what was the deal? But now, moving forward, yeah, I do think it is likely that only one of those two guys ends up signing with LSU based off of what kind of coach they do end up hiring. 
And the other part about Miles is that he's gotten better this year. You know, a yes, lot of people he, question that commitment when it happens. Yeah, he's right. There was a, there were a couple of eyebrows raised, but if you watch the way that he has played this year, um, watch the video, not just the stats, because he's putting up crazy stats, but he's put up crazy stats for years now. Uh, he has made marked improvement. You can see why this kid is an SEC quarterback now. Yeah, and that, that's that's a you know credit to the coaching staff at Saint Stanislaus, but also credit to himself for seeking the top competition, seeking input from from other guys, whether it's Brent Favre or whoever it is, Trent Dilfer. These guys, he just soaks up the information from these guys, and he's become more of a well-rounded quarterback. Where he's uh, you know he's always been bright enough, but now he's putting in the work. Uh, as far as preparation goes to make him even better and so now you're I mean it was kind of a uh, like you said a sort of like a raised eyebrow when he did commit there of course because he didn't have you know Oklahoma State kind of backtracked on him a little bit they cooled off there was thought that he was going to go there first Um, and then Ole Miss was slow to offer him and so there wasn't really all that much going on with him back in the spring when he when he committed to LSU. So um, if he were to open it up, I mean, I, I, at this point, I mean, the floodgates would open for sure if, if he were to do that. Um, right now he's not, and that kind of touches on the conversation of whether or not you commit to a, to a school or the coach. Um, you know, right. he had a lot of reasons for making the commitment besides his relationship with those two coaches. He's had... A lot of family members graduate from LSU. Um, I think his cousin is like an assistant cheerleading coach or something like that. Um, and he's, he, I mean, he, he's pretty close. He, he's a lot closer to LSU than he is to Ole Miss. Yes. He, I mean, it's that about the, five hours away from Oxford. That is the whatever of Mississippi and South Mississippi mm-hmm. that people don't quite understand. Is There are large parts of South Mississippi that are really LSU country just because they're so far away from Starkville and Oxford. It feels doesn't feel like you're in the same state. It feels somewhere around Brookhaven it starts feeling very Louisiana-y. And, and so I think that's definitely a factor. But yeah, I mean, in your opinion, did Miles Brennan commit to LSU or did Miles Brennan commit to Les Miles and Kim Cameron? It's a great question. I think... You know, I think with a guy like him, you sort of look at his situation at that time, and his situation was okay. He was coming off of a visit to Oklahoma State, I think the week or two prior, yes. where he had swore to himself that this was going to be it. I'm going to get an offer. I'm going to commit there. And I, I think his family was behind that. I think he, he, he had thought that that's what was going to go down. And so he, go, he comes back. To Mississippi after that visit, <laughs> still uncommitted, uh, still with like sort of like no idea, and then Coach Cameron starts to, starts to reach out to him, uh, and they intensify their efforts on LSU's end, and week after that he goes over there and he commits right there. So I think a lot of that happened fast, but this was a school obviously that he is also, uh, you know. He knows what he was, he was getting familiar into, with. very, yes. very much so. You know, he he knew this wasn't a school from the you know opposite side of the country or far away. I mean, he he is very, very familiar with it. So it's kind of it's it's the most. I don't know. You you could argue it from both sides, and the only real person who knows the answer is Miles himself. Uh, but you could see both sides of it. Let's play this out a little bit. I think Miles Brennan ends up taking visits elsewhere. I don't know if he signs with LSU. I don't know if he doesn't sign with LSU. 
he's going to end up taking visits elsewhere because he has to. Like, just realistically, you have to make sure. Number one, you don't know who LSU is going to hire. It's going to be months before LSU hires somebody. I don't think, like, even if you're Miles Brennan, I think it's fine right now to say that you're still committed to LSU. I don't think there's any problem with that because the coaching cycle hasn't even really started up yet. It's not going to be until December until where you're going to have a better idea of even what you're looking at. Cam Cameron's going to end up coaching somewhere. If it's in the college game, maybe Cam Cameron wants to bring you with him. What if Les Miles ends up coaching somewhere next year? Again, that's the situation. Maybe you end up just following one of them. If Les Miles isn't coaching, Cam Cameron goes to the NFL, which is possible. Well, then maybe you know you look at how things shake out everywhere else, and you go, okay, well now that looks like a fit for me. Or there are schools that end up as the coaching carousel winds down. All of a sudden, say Gus Malzahn's fired at Auburn, and they bring in somebody who wants to really throw the ball. Well. Miles Brennan can really throw the ball. Maybe that's suddenly where Auburn is interested in, in Miles Brennan. It could work out in a lot of different ways because there's so much right now that is hypothetical that it, it's irresponsible almost to sit there and say, no, Miles Brennan is definitely signing with LSU in February. We just don't know because there's so many different things that can change between the, right now and then that moment. And that's why the best thing he could have done was say that he was still committed to LSU. Yeah, there's no wrong. there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. It is the best thing you could possibly do is just yes. say that you're still committed to the school. You, the, the questions start to stop. They're not going to stop right there on the spot. They're going to ask you, well, why and how and this and that. Right. But they begin to end for a little while at least. Yes, and you can focus on what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, there's just no benefit in not doing that, I don't think. Right. Unless you're just truly like, I got no interest in this place. True, and for the that, and th- that, if you were one hundred percent like I'm ride or die less miles, and I didn't really even care about LSU, I was just about less, or I was just about Cam, or I was just about whatever coach, then yeah, go ahead and bail. Yeah, I think the quarterback position is very key though too, because it's not like we're talking about a linebacker or you know no disrespect to those positions, but it's not quarterback. You're only most schools are only signing one a year, and so that's why you. So many guys, if you're Miles Brennan in the summer, you're trying to figure out where am I going to commit to because it can be very easy to all of a sudden you're looking up in September and going, all the spots are full. And that was another reason why he was, I don't I don't know, he was pushed to commit, of course. I, I, wouldn't go, I would never say that, but he was very happy to receive that offer. I'll put yeah. it that way to kind of say, okay, this is the place, getting it over with before senior year starts, so critical for the quarterback position. Let's talk a little about Sadiq Charles now. That was an LSU-Mississippi State recruitment. Mississippi State really, really liked him. He ends up going with LSU. Were, does anything change for him? You know, he let, he, he, when he committed to LSU, the relationship with Mississippi State was in really, really good standing. Right. I know that much. Um, he has said that he's still committed to LSU. Uh, he's, he's he's told different reporters that too. He had about eight reporters reach out to him last night. <laughs> that was really my first question to him: is first of all, how many reporters have already asked you this before? Before I even have the opportunity to ask you, um, and he's like, ah, six or seven. Five seconds later, well, make it eight. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so I guess maybe I was nine or something like that. Um, but I, I kind of knew what the answer was going to be anyway. It's just this is a guy who's from Louisiana. So that's, this is the other part of it, like Miles, where there's a different element to it as well. It's not just, well, he committed to the coach and this and that. This is a guy who's from there uh, who you know grew up liking the school. So there's that part of it too. But with Mississippi State, um, I had a source tell me today actually that um, I, think, I think it was something like, we're, we're, this looks pretty good for us, or something like that, or th- this could change for us. Yes. And, and that's that's good for them because um, he's a guy who they, they would probably take, they, they would add him to, to their class. Absolutely. And, you know, they were just really high on him. I mean, he had made the announcement. I think they had known for a good week or so that it wasn't going to be them. But that's, you know, kudos to him for telling them that because a lot of times you make that announcement and – you kind of leave the schools hanging, and they don't really take too well to that. But he was very upfront with Mississippi State during that process, and when and when he came down to the two schools, you know, it was kind of cool for him to get the attention. But he also made sure to tell Mississippi State this is what's happening. You know, um, he he kind of dragged it out. He kind of dragged it out a little bit, but uh, you know, I, I I never really blamed the kid for doing that. I mean, soak it up. It's it's something pretty cool. So you might as well get the media attention and whatnot. But he did make the effort to communicate with Mississippi State that this is this is where I'm going and this is why. Right. Mississippi State already has five offensive linemen commitments for next year's class. Now, two of them are JUCO guys, um, Tommy Champion and Tyree Phillips from uh, Colin and East Mississippi, respectively, and then three high school guys. Uh, you got Paul Guineer, uh in-state kid, Cordavian Suggs from Florida, and then uh, Montrevious Richardson from Georgia. I think you still had Sadiq Charles. Well, I don't think, think I don't think it's yeah. even a question. Like I've looked at Mississippi State's offensive line for the last couple of years. I really truly believe that they're in the position where they need to sign as many offensive linemen as possible and just have more shots at some of those guys sticking. Yeah, Mississippi State was looking to is looking to add I, I think at least one more offensive lineman to this class. Right. I mean, their class could be as large as I think twenty eight or twenty nine players for this year. It's a pretty big class, right? So there are spots yet to be filled. There's things yet to shake out. Um, and and Sadiq Charles would be a welcome addition. I think you know he was he was on their radar for a reason. I mean, he's six foot seven, three hundred three hundred plus pounds. So and he's athletic. He's a guy who could move. He's he's not just a, a big guy who's not mo- mobile. Out there he's a guy who runs he, he he's very athletic he can get down the field to make blocks that's pretty much the eye-opening thing about Sadiq yeah I mean he's not a guy that's going to play early because I mean that's a huge leap to go from playing academy ball to uh the SEC but most offensive linemen it's like that there are very few offensive linemen that play early he's a he's a redshirt guy you sign a bunch of them and then you try to figure out who's going to stick and also like I said because a couple of them are Juco guys it's not like they're you're going to end up with like six freshman offensive linemen. You're, it's going to be four. Um, so, yeah, I think – but if you're Ole Miss and Mississippi State, you look at what happened, not just the Mississippi kids, but Louisiana kids. Ole Miss has like, liked to recruit Louisiana and not had a whole ton of success just because it's so hard to pull kids out of LSU, um, get them away from LSU. So the next couple of months of instability are going to be very interesting across the South – because you're going to see every other program trying to dive into Louisiana and try to pull kids out and then hang on for dear life whenever LSU does make a hire. Yeah, and the time is now, and it's just it works out a lot for Ole Miss because they had these guys on their campus Saturday as, mm-hmm. as it worked out. I mean, LSU went to Auburn, um, and this was the opportunity to 
get a couple of those guys to Ole Miss for the Georgia game. And so Sadiq Charles was actually at Ole Miss Saturday. And there's big interest in him from Ole Miss's standpoint lately. Yeah, definitely. Um, Tennessee has also reached out to Sadiq Charles. So there's a lot of SEC interest now in Another Charles. program that could use some offensive linemen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a couple of things, but but yeah, they uh, they they would definitely be in the market for for an offensive lineman for sure. But yeah, I mean this is like this is a critical time, of course, for Ole Miss. I mean their class is just not looking good right now, and this is a good time to capitalize on the misfortune of another program. Yeah, absolutely, and that's why LSU made Ed Orgeron as interim head coach because if anybody's going to be able to like hug all the commitments and then hang on to them until <laughs> December, it's at Orgeron. <laughs> yeah, I mean... You don't want to wrestle that man. No, you don't. No, he's a large guy. I, I, I think he can handle that that aspect of it. Wow, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, but but going back to that to that list that was actually at Ole Miss on Saturday, um, it involved pa- uh, Patrick Queen, who's a longtime LSU commit. He committed to that program, I think, in February. Four-star athlete, really good defensive player, a guy who's been on Ole Miss's radar for a while. For a while, didn't pick up an offer until the summer though from Ole Miss, and I was there when he got notified of the offer. It was at a camp, and it, you know, it, you kind of got the feeling that he may flip on that moment. Uh, on that day, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. And since then, he's been to pretty much every LSU camp there was to go to. Uh, he's gone to a couple of games over there, uh, but he also did make the trip to Oxford Saturday, though. So that's a guy to keep an eye on. Um, almost will like to add the guy, of course. But I just, you know, speaking with some people from LSU, they're not too. Uh, they weren't too worried about it over the weekend. Of course, things have changed since then. Of a little things have changed, but you know, I just feel like from his standpoint, another guy who grew up in that program, uh, I, don't, I don't know how much of an impact it it makes right now. Right, I think right. It goes back to the thing with Miles. It's there is a lot of time. Like, exactly, we are not yeah. having this conversation in the first week of December. We usually do, but in this case, right. we don't. We're right. not. Yes. Right. Usually, this conversation is different because you're talking about. Well, if he does change, how's he going to get all his official visits in? Like, how's he going to make all of this work? How's he going to decide? Like, there's a bunch of time becomes an issue. Time's not an issue right now. Like, that, we're all going to kind of freak out, and then in a week, we'll all just kind of forget that any of this is going on, and it kind of will somewhat get back to business as usual. And, you know, it's also the football recruiting culture. Like, it's not going to be – Sadiq Charles is on Ole Miss's campus. Like, it's not – it's normal for committed players to visit other places. So it's not like it's even going to, you know, the kid just goes, yeah, I'm committed to LSU and goes about his business. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean I've always thought of it as that's another thing that you just should be doing is going to the visits. I mean, you might as well. <laughs> There's no harm in doing yeah. it. It's not as if you're burning a bridge from the school that you're even committed to because they know the deal too. And how, how, I mean, they're bringing players at your yeah, position right. to, yeah, to the campus right, exactly. that are committed elsewhere. So yeah, I that mean, really that it. really large dude that was next to you and at the game on Saturday, <laughs> he plays the same position as you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, you just got to look out for number one in a lot of instances. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and I always. I always tell people that, you know, that, that there's no harm in doing that. Um, 
no matter what, and there's nothing really to even look into when that happens, unless there's some substance behind it or things have changed or whatever the case is, late in the season sort of thing. Uh, but especially now in September, I mean, yeah. Uh, I think we said a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about Cam Makers, I mean, you kind of just go to some really good games too. I mean, <laughs> like why not go to the Alabama uh, Ole Miss game uh, a couple of weeks ago? I mean, that's a pretty good game to check out. Why not? Yeah, I mean, we, you and I were there. It was, it was pretty fun. It was entertaining. Yes, it was. Ole Miss football games are always entertaining. We were talking about this. Well, last week had, couldn't have been, though. The first half was entertaining. Like, they're like three-hour soap operas. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I, I kind of like, figured, like, once you got to, like, the 30 or the 31 nothing, yeah, you're like, right, ah, this well, isn't well, going to yeah, have to no, it's... <laughs> It slows down. That that yeah. was the episode of the soap opera where everything went exactly the way that it should go. And you, but you know, that's the filler episode before you move on to the next episode <laughs> where it turned out your husband was sleeping with your wife, your wife's sister. I don't know. I just, what the hell? I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. Soap operas are weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I, yeah, go go to college football games. Yeah. Like, yeah. Speaking as somebody who goes to a college football game every Saturday, they're usually pretty fun. <laughs> and I have yeah. to work. Yeah, yeah, they're still pretty fun. I mean, you know, Cam's going to a good one this weekend, too, in Athens. Uh, well, I don't know if it's that good. I wasn't too impressed with Georgia at all. I think I was shocked they were still no. in the AP Top 25, to be honest. I don't that. know what's going It's because they're Georgia. Let's yeah. Be, let's just mean, be real. It's because they're Georgia. Yeah, but still... Uh, uh, it would be good to see what, what Tennessee looks like after that win, though. So, Yeah, that Butch Jones booed out of the stadium at halftime after the game he's leading Rocky Top. Did you see his timeout call? No. <laughs> oh, man. I gotta, I'll send it to you. Uh, it, it is the most epic timeout call you'll ever see. He was pretty excited. Cool. He was pretty excited. Let's talk about Cam for a minute since we're talking about recruiting. What's going on? Well, what do you think? Well, I mean, I think it's going to come down to what offense he can commit to that can that could prepare him at the next level, because that's where, I mean, that's where most people think his future lies is the NFL, and what team is going to most prepare him to do that, and I think that's why you don't see him already committed to Ole Miss or. Uh, you you're seeing a bit of a cooling off of Ole Miss is well look at the way they look they, they're using their running backs and Hugh Freeze's system I mean it just hasn't always or really never has benefited the running back position right Ole Miss is in that catch 22 where had they never emphasized the running back position because they've never had the running back or because that's just the offense it and, and I That's, like Hugh Freeze's offense. I, I think he's I, a great no, play think, caller, and like, I think he's brilliant at what he does. One of the Georgia beat writers came up to me before the game Saturday, and they were just like, how the hell does Hugh Freeze get his wide receivers open? Yeah. I mean, Everybody I in the stadium knows you're going to throw, and yet they somehow get him open. Like, full respect. What Hugh Freeze and Dan Warner are doing on offense is working. Hugh Freeze has done this his whole life, his whole coaching yeah. life, too. Right, right. Dan Warner's calling the plays right now, and he's doing a great job of getting guys open. They're scoring points. Um, but I can understand if I'm Cam Akers, look at what they have coming back next year. Yeah, it's going to be Shea Patterson and A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf and Van Jefferson, and DeMarge Stringfell is only a junior, so he could be back. Um, Octavius Cooley uh, will play next year at tight end. I, I mean, 
Demarcus Lodge is a former five star that's like a backup wide receiver for them. Yeah, I mean the philosophy just won't change. Right, and, and so if all of those it, right, like maybe it does, but it's hard to believe that because you look at everything they have and everything they have says they're still going to throw the ball forty times a game. Because why wouldn't you have you have all those pieces? Absolutely, absolutely. And that's why I think a school like Florida State, for example, kind of fits what he's looking to do a little bit better. Um, yeah. You know, I think I think even Tennessee is a better fit. Um, Alabama looks like they they're they're still back in the mix, or they they're still in the mix, maybe back in a more positive, stronger way. But those that's another school that you just don't count out. Um, Georgia has a couple of running backs committed to their to their program, but let's face it, if Cam Akers were to say, "Hey, I want to come here." Things they, would change. They find, yeah, yeah, they find. <laughs> they find a spot. They find a out. way. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they'll, you know. But it is kind of surprise. It was a little bit surprising to me when he told me that he was, he was going to Athens, just because I know that. I mean, like Georgia has those couple of other guys, and those guys aren't slouches. I mean, they're pretty good high school players, uh, four stars in their own right. Really, I mean, they're going to Georgia. They're pretty good, you know. Right. So I was a little bit surprised. I had thought I had just assumed that that kind of cooled off. Um, and I'm not. Sh- he was not sure when he told me whether or not it was going to be an official visit or not. Um, so there's that aspect to it, of course, as well. But yeah, I mean, he he's going to take that methodical approach with it. He's not letting anybody really know what's uh, heads or tails of favorites or not, or who's in, who's out. And that's another thing that I respect a lot because. At this point, that just doesn't help him to do that. Like, why would you? I mean, you're Cam Akers. You don't have to do that sort of thing. You don't have to play that game. Right. You need to tell somebody on the first uh, Tuesday in February or Wednesday, Wednesday. First Wednesday in February. That's what you need to tell somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he'll make, he. I think he's still set to make his decision actually in the Army Bowl. Okay. Um, in Texas. So that <laughs> should that should be fun. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's something to mark on the calendars, I guess. Okay. Hook him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, kind of interesting. Uh, his last game was just, you know, Madison Central did everything they could to make things difficult for him. They they had him throw the interception. They 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 fumbled. Uh, Matt, uh, Clinton fumbled the ball too, and he's still just. I mean, he's just dominant. It's like watching the same movie over and over for me, but learning different aspects of it that are just intricate pieces that make it great each yeah. time you watch it and you just pick up on something different each time and you just never fully get over it you know well this i think tells you a lot is that you know my stepson goes to madison central and he was at the game on friday and he comes home and i'm sitting there working and my wife you know she has no idea so she just asked ian did you guys win and he said no and she was like, well, why not? Because they had Cam Akers. <laughs> <laughs> and on, the, on, on that night especially, you know, their defense played well. Darius Mayberry did his thing. Right. But Cam Akers had those two highlight reel runs, one of 67 yards, one of 75. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, that's 14 points on the board right there that no other team is capable of doing. I mean, that... The guy was trapped in the backfield. It's the same old story every week. Trapped in the backfield, surrounded by defenders, breaks a couple of tackles, storms up the field for a touchdown. Right. That's why they're the best team in the state. They have a good team even without Cam Akers, but Cam Akers makes them special. Absolutely. And I I don't foresee that changing. I think Starkville, Warren Central, uh, Meridian, those are teams that are also in the mix for that top spot that that would give Clinton trouble. Um, I'm just not sure if, if anybody's 
quite capable of stopping Cam. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, let's go ahead. Uh, we got a lot of other stuff going on, so let's call it a podcast on that note. This has been the MS Preps Podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, you can subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes and follow ClarionLedger.com all week uh, as Will exhaustively covers high school athletics and the recruiting scene in Mississippi uh, and does not sleep. Thanks, everybody.